Forget about the crowd. The size of the school. Their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> My name is Coach Kevin Furtado. I'm the head girls basketball coach at Lake Oconee Academy. And um, I am the uh, podcast director here at Championship Vision. Um, and here is episode four for the Championship Vision podcast. On this podcast, we will be interviewing head men's basketball coach at Georgia College and State University in Milledgeville, Georgia, Mr. Mark Gaines. <clears throat> coach Gaines uh, is the was the 200 excuse me the 2015-16 PBC Peach Belt Conference Co-Coach of the Year. Mark Gaines enters his third season as head coach of the Bobcat men's basketball program. In his second year in charge of the Bobcats, Gaines steered a major turnaround. In the 2014-15 season, a young Bobcat team went 9-19 and won the PBC's Team Sportsmanship Award. In 2015-16, the Bobcats and Gaines stunned the rest of the PBC on their way to an 18-11 overall record and a Peach Belt tournament berth. Gaines' success in Year two earned him co-Peach Belt Coach of the Year. The Bobcats swept the Peach Belt end-of-the-season awards as Terrell Harris, 2013-15, was named Player of the Year, and Isaac Thomas earned co-Freshman of the Year. Harris earned All-America and All-Region status as well as a spot in the D2 Senior All-Star Game. The Bobcats got their first PBC Elite 15 award in 2015-16 as Evan Smith had the top GPA among the teams in the PBC tournament. Gaines patrolled the sidelines for the Bobcats for 11 seasons as an assistant men's basketball coach. As an assistant, Gaines helped the team to a 177-131 record, including four 20-win seasons. The Bobcats picked up a Peach Belt Conference regular season title in 2005-2006 and earned three trips to the NCAA tournament, including a Sweet 16 run in 2006. Gaines has helped coach 12 student-athletes to all PBC status, including PBC Player of the Year and All-American Honorable Mention Jeremy Mayweather, 2004-2006, and 2015-16 PBC Player of the Year and All-American Honorable Mention Harris. Gaines is the eighth head coach in Georgia men's basketball history. He came to Georgia College from Shorter College in Rome, Georgia, where he served as an assistant coach under head coach Ricky Williams for three seasons, also helping coach the golf team and serving as a sports information director. Prior to that, he was a graduate assistant for the women's basketball team at Georgia Southwestern State University under head coach Kip Drown in America's Georgia, where he earned his bachelor's degree in 1999 and master's in 2000, both in business management. 
He also completed a master's in physical education from Jacksonville State University in Alabama in 2003. Gaines graduated from Cairo High School in 1995 and was a three-year letterman in basketball at Georgia Southwestern under head coach Randolph Barksdale, where he twice earned all-academic, all-conference honors. He is married to the former Natasha Stotler, a graduate assistant coach for the Georgia Collar women's basketball team from 2007 to 2009. They had their first child, Abram Mark, in 2010, and their second, Annie Grove, in 2014. They reside in Milledgeville, Georgia. The purpose of our podcast is to impact and share with the coaching community. I would like to thank our sponsor, uh, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish Basketball is an accelerating player performance with the most innovative game scenario training solution available, allowing coaches and players to build their legacies faster than ever before. By providing the most usable and advanced shooting machine, integrated training management system, and a vast library of complete workouts and drills. Dr. Dish Basketball has become the preferred source for basketball training with progressive coaches and players. Dr. Dish will be the main sponsor for the <clears throat> Legends on the Lake 2018 Basketball Clinic here at Lake Oconee Academy. I will be speaking about that later after the podcast. I hope you enjoy this interview with Coach Mark Gatiss. The five players on the floor function as one single unit. Team, 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 right? No one more important than the other. Coach Gatiss. <laughs> hey, Mark, how you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. How you doing? Good. Hey, just make sure we got the 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 audio set up, okay? Yes, I can hear. I can hear just fine. Great, great. Uh, hey, I I tell you, I really appreciate you coming on. Um. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I know that. <clears throat> I mean, I know that. I mean, I I've spoken to you many times before and so forth. And I I again I. Uh, coming out to our clinic coming up uh, on September. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, we're really trying to build it. I'm telling you, Coach, we got a um, we got a lot of people coming to the clinic. I mean, it's so cool. I um, mean, it's it's slowly but surely kind of really building. But I think it I think it's all because of Mark Gaines. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I seriously doubt that. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed it last year. I really did, and. Um, looking forward to really, it's going to be even better. I think this year with us, just because I'm bringing some of my guys. So, um, you know, we'll be able to really, I mean, the, the returning players know the offense better than I do. So uh, I think they're pretty, pretty smooth. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, I'm just to tell you a little bit about, I, I started this podcast um, because I love the game and I love to share things. And I love to kind of seek out knowledge from, you know, great coaches like yourself and, um, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Um, hey, I just got some questions for you, and um, okay. you know, I'm just trying to get some feedback and uh, just share as much as you can uh, because yeah. you know I'm going to have you know I'm trying to build the podcast where we get a lot of good listeners, coaches like myself who can really learn from guys like 
Um, Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the coaching profession. Yeah, so uh, I played at Georgia Southwestern uh, under Coach uh, uh, Randolph Barksdale, and it was about halfway through my senior year that, um, you know, I said, hey, I I might want to coach. So um, I went and talked to Coach Barksdale, and he said, hey, why don't you go talk to Coach Drown, who's now the head coach at uh, Georgia Southern with their women's program. And, um, you know, he said, hey, you just needed a little bit different experience. So I hopped on uh, to the women's side of basketball. And uh, that year I did a lot of uh, uh, scouting, a lot of film work, and a lot of individual workouts as well. Didn't do any recruiting that year. Uh, but, yeah, just kind of got my feet wet, um, you know, working with Coach Drown over there, great coach. And I actually went to the NAIA National Tournament, won a game. And, um, and then after that I, I hopped on with uh, Coach uh, Ricky Williams at Shorter. And uh, how I got that uh, job was – um, I, I knew Coach Williams, you know, because we played them. They were in our conference. and uh, But a good friend of mine, Laurie Bobo, um, who is uh, uh, the sister of Mike Bobo, who was the offense coordinator at right. Georgia. Now I think he's the head coach at Colorado State. And uh, she helped me get the job at Shorter because she played at Shorter. So that's how I, I really got in, in my first full-time job was a uh, little luck. Um, you know, I, I did one year on the women's side and then, to do that and then go to shorter uh, to uh, to be the full-time men's assistant, I think at 22 years old uh, and coach Williams was great. And I, I stayed with him for three years. Uh, and then after that, I, I got down here with coach sellers and I've, I've been down here, you know, ever since uh, 11 years as the assistant coach and uh, going on my fifth year as head coach. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, the grind that I mean, in the progression that, that, college coaches have i mean you're you're like the you're like the perfect example of somebody who started from the ground up don't you think yeah uh you know i always pull for you know the smaller college guys especially the assistant coaches to uh you know get an opportunity to be the head coach you know especially guys that have been there a long time you know sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't but i really pull for the guys that uh are either you know the, the junior college assistant that has worked his way up through the ranks and now or, you know, division one or division two head coach or junior college head coach. But, uh, you know, it just makes it, um, you know, that much sweeter. I think when you, when you do go through a, a, um, a, a lot of years, uh, as an assistant coach, and then you finally get the opportunity to kind of lead your program. And I was, I was very fortunate to work with coach sellers here, uh, very successful, won 350 games here, several, uh, peace belt championships, uh, regional championship, uh, a couple of regional championship appearances, but, to work with him for 11 years. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just good for me. I, I didn't want to leave and, and, and go to another school. I just, I really love Georgia college and I really like working for him. So uh, yeah, it kind of worked out and uh, decided about, um, you know, our fifth year, I think we finally got, you know, our, that first recruiting class that we had here as, as me being the head coach. Uh, he's one of our best players. He's a senior. So I think it takes a long time to, uh, to, to build a program. It takes, it takes a lot of years. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess a question to kind of add on to that is you've been an assistant, right, Mark, for about 14 years. Is that correct? Yes, I was an assistant for 14 years and one year as a graduate assistant. So 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a 15 years. Yeah. And what um, for coaches who are listening, I mean, what what were the 
just moving over to that, they say that just moving over that six inches, right, Coach? That yeah. What are the what's the difference, and what are your what were your priorities coming in as a new head coach? Yeah, um, you know, as the assistant coach, uh, you know, you have suggestions, and uh, you know, as the head coach, you, you make decisions, and uh, you know, you go from being the assistant coach and you get all these great ideas, but it's not your program. You're part of the program, uh, but as the head coach. It, every you're responsible for everything. Um, you're responsible for the guys' uh, academic performance. You're responsible for their uh, community engagement, uh, their campus, uh, their campus engagement. You're responsible for their own uh, court performance. And as an assistant, you're really not held to that standard. Um, but yeah, being the head coach, it's it's it's, um, it's like um, just two different things, totally different things. And I really enjoyed being the assistant coach. I. I was not in a hurry to um, to become a head coach. Uh, I really enjoyed my time as an assistant so I could sit back and learn from Coach Sellers, other coaches that we competed against. Um, you know, so I, I wasn't in a big rush to, um, to to be a head coach. I know you get antsy as an assistant and, and you want it to be your turn. But when, he, when I feel like when it's your turn to become a head coach, I, I think just kind of that's kind of how it works out. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because I, I was listening to uh, – I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. I was listening to Tom Crean at Georgia Talk, and he said that his year his, – they call it the, you know, his gap year that he did on television and did a lot of um, – you know, he wasn't coaching. He said he learned more in that one year than he did um, at any other time coaching. Um is that the same as an assistant? I mean, you really learn from different types of coaches. Is that better, or you think it's maybe better coming right in as a head coach? I mean, what, what what's your opinion on that? Yeah, uh, so, you know, I, I didn't experience the other side of just going right to becoming a head coach. I think that's rare uh, nowadays. Yeah. And I know a couple of coaches that – I know a good friend of mine, Vic Mitchell, that uh, was at Shorter – uh, university when I was there it was shorter college but he went from being a graduate assistant uh, for the men's basketball team at UGA to the head women's coach at Reinhardt College and right sure. so, so he didn't have any he didn't know how to deal with an assistant because he was never an assistant and he obviously he made the transition uh, very well spent time at uh, Reinhardt and then then he was at shorter for a long time and uh, so he didn't get that experience you know, like most coaches do. So, you know, that, that's interesting. If, if you've never been an assistant, it, I, I think it would be challenging in some parts because you've never really had to, you know, you can identify as an assistant. So I think being the assistant coach is the best thing for that period of time was the best thing that ever happened to me because I'd always try my best to think, hey, how would I feel if I was an assistant and the head coach was telling me to do that or do this? Um, so I, I try to think, I, I think like an assistant, uh, when I'm dealing with my assistant because, um, you know, I was assistant for so long. And I always try to keep uh, that in mind when I'm, uh, you know, asking to do things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you, I guess if you haven't been there, how would you know, you know how your assistants – I think it happens a lot at the high school level, obviously. But I think you're right. At the college level, I don't think too many schools are going to hire a, really a person who's never been an assistant. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like you're saying. I think it's almost, but I like your like your coach, your friend. I mean, that's that's to me, that's pretty rare. But I guess 
Um, you know, if there's a big need for that, I, I guess that's what they, the schools do. But it is rare, isn't it, Coach? Oh, I, I think it is rare. I, I think it's almost yeah, – unless you're at a very, very small school, and a lot of times you're not going to be able to just become a head coach. And it's, it's going to take uh, years. And, and what I would tell the, the young assistant that um, isn't getting paid a lot of money – uh, that has been at the same school for multiple years. Just hang in there. Just keep working, and uh, you know, good things will happen. Uh, just be patient. You want to work, and you know, and I know that they, maybe they want that opportunity, but just um, just keep working. And uh, I really do feel like uh, if you're patient and you work hard, good things happen to you. Yeah, absolutely, um, Coach. What do you you know the the I believe this is just my 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 philosophy that coaching's about impacting and sharing. I, I, I believe I, – I don't think coaches do enough of that. Um, which coach or coaches that you have had – which coaches had the most impact on you and which coaches that have really shared with you kind of their their inner circle of ideas and so forth? I mean, who, who stood out to you? Yeah, well, I would have to start with uh, Coach Sellers. I, I know I worked for him for 11 years, but he um, – I remember the first time I ever met with Coach, maybe one of the second, third, fourth time, he, he shared with me and said, Coach, if you don't have discipline, uh, everything else is not going to work out. And that's kind of stuck with me. So with Coach Sellers, uh, I know I worked for him for 11 years, but he shared everything. He was a basketball junkie. I am too. And um, <laughs> so with Coach, yeah, I mean, I would say he's the, been the most influential um, uh, in my life just because I was with him for a long time. And he – he had so much knowledge, and um, so I really enjoyed him. But, you know, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, coach in our league has a coaching clinic, and I've been going to that thing three or four years, and it's in uh, September, um, and it's been great. And I've gotten a lot of good ideas from that coaching clinic and, and the coaches in our conference. Um, and I, I think what you said is correct. I think coaches are really uh, – some coaches – they really want to uh, keep information to themselves, but I, I'm a big believer in sharing um, information. Um, you know, more than likely you, the coach didn't come up with the offense. He got it from he or she got it from someone else. So I'm a big believer in right. yeah. ideas and just kind of, you know, coaches, we're in this thing together. I think it's good when you're able to share ideas and um, everybody does things a little bit differently, but I do believe there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but yeah, just bouncing ideas off uh, other coaches and, I know for me personally, some of the best coaches I know are high school coaches. And uh, a lot of times I feel like the high school coaches don't get the credit that uh, maybe that they deserve. Um, but uh, just because you're at the high level division one or uh, division two high school, like I said, some of the best coaches I know are the high school coaches. I do agree. And, and even some of the best coaches I've heard at clinics and, I, and I've been to a lot of them, are like the division three guys that have pretty much have to create a program, you know, with nothing. Um, and um, the high school coaches to me are, are excellent speakers. Uh, but what, what, what separates guys like you is, is building relationships. I mean, you, every time I, you know, I come over to Georgia college, you're always more than happy to talk to me and spend time. And um, I don't know if that's enough being done. But uh, I know I appreciate that, and I appreciate you taking the time out to come to our our little clinic over here at, at Lake Oconee. So I know you're you're all about that. Um, well, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate you saying that, and you're welcome. Um, 
I, I love, uh, you know, talking with um, high school coaches, college coaches. Uh, I, I do think that, uh, uh, especially with the high school coaches in the state of Georgia, you know, we've been getting most of our kids from the Georgia high schools. And uh, I think a part of that is because, you know, we do have good relationships uh, with a lot of the, the, the Georgia high school coaches. Not many coaches we don't know. Um, and if we don't know, we try to get to know them. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, and my, my next question is going to kind of piggyback on that is that I, I know Georgia College is a strong academic institution. I spoke to, um, you know, Coach Smith many times about the type of players that he recruits. Uh, what kind of player are you looking to recruit? Um, and, and do you have a specific kid you're looking for? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, recruiting uh, takes up a lot of our time because, you know, we believe that the selection process, the recruiting process, takes care of about 90% of all the issues that you may, um, you know, have in the next four years. So one thing that we value, obviously, the academics have to be strong academically. Uh, number two, we look for guys that eat, sleep, drink basketball, guys that love basketball. And that's a challenge because, uh, you know, there's, in 2018, there are a lot of different things you can do. You can play Fortnite. You can, um, you know, YouTube. You have all these things that, that they can be doing. Um, and, but, but finding guys that really love basketball is, is uh, I tell you what, it's a challenge. But when you find them, Boy, they are they're just so so nice to have in your program. And and the third thing I would say is, you know, getting guys that have high character that, um, you know, that are good people that, you know, uh, that they're going to represent you and your program and their families very well uh, once they get on campus. Yeah. And um, I just know from of course, I, you know, I, I live in Milledgeville and I, I'm very familiar with your with your school. And I know it's a challenge, but you guys, you guys, both you and Coach Smith, the women's program, you guys do a trip. You get the right type of kid. Um, and but I, I remember last year you were talking with Randy Montgomery. Remember Randy from last year's clinic? Oh, yeah. Uh, Coach, yeah. Coach Montgomery. We had, uh, yeah, of course. Coach. <laughs> of course, you guys were battling, man. Of course, you you were you were it's funny because I, I know you're a junkie because you came to the later part of the clinic we didn't have a lot of people there and coach you're still coaching out there that's what I was really impressed with you was you didn't care about who was in the stands you just kind of you still love the game you were passionate about teaching that and I, I remember that um but Randy you guys you guys were talking about one of his players weren't you yes yes that, that is correct I'm not sure where he ended up going but I think that's how the the best recruiting can have is, is, is through relationships, uh, very relational. And, you know, we have a couple of guys in our program right now that, um, you know, I'll, I'll say uh, the first one that comes to mind is Isaac Thomas. Uh, you know, he's, he'll, if, if everything goes like, uh, like we think is going to go, he's going to end up being the all-time leading rebounder in history of the Peach Buck Conference. And I knew his dad, and his dad called me and said, hey, would you mind taking a look at uh, my son? He's six seven. He's, yeah, he's got a lot of work he's got to do, but I'd appreciate it. And when I saw him, we were like, yeah, he, he could be a good fit here. And all he's done is 3.7 plus GPA. Uh, he's on pace to uh, be a 1,000-point scorer, all-time leading re uh, rebounder in history of the conference. And this year we're expecting him to be a first-team 
uh, all-conference performer. But, you know, we got Isaac because of the relationship we had with his dad, who was a high school coach. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's just neat how it kind of all works Yeah, out. it is all about relationships. I mean, if, if that's probably the best advice you can give any type of coach. And it's the same thing at the high school level, probably even more. Um, what do you think about uh, – I'm big on developing a culture and philosophy. It's not – I mean, we're at a small school, but wherever I've been, you know, I have our core values and we try to live it. Um, what is your program's culture and core values? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, that's the thing that uh, when I was able to get the the head coaching job here, you know, I sat down with my assistant, Ron Aquino, who we recruited and uh, we, you know, he was an unbelievable player for us and all that. And I was like, all right, well, let's put something on a board. You know, and I, and I know you don't win with slogans, but I want something that the guys see every single day. And um, so we kind of came up with some things um that uh that we believe in and you know one thing that we that we do believe in is like the academic achievement we want the guys to do well academically we want them to graduate in four years and we want to be they go out and get good jobs and have great careers and and be leaders in their community um so the academic achievements one uh the community engagement piece is a big one for us uh kevin um you know we we do a lot of community service we, we're we're engaged with the schools, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, and some other organizations um, here in um, uh, Milledgeville. Uh, another one, athletic achievement. We do want to be successful, not necessarily for the coaches, but for the players. Um, I know uh, they want to be successful. They want to win. And um, so that's, that's, that's one of the ones that we have. And we have a couple more. Uh, but as far as uh, a basketball program, we believe in being a blue-collar program we believe in working really, really hard, and we believe we're a defensive first program. We've been one of the top uh, the last three years. We've been in the number one, maybe number two. I think this past year we were fourth or fifth in the in the Peach Belt in uh, defense, uh, defensive field goal percentage. So we're a defensive team first, and that's the one thing that we're trying to navigate through. How can we continue to be one of the stronger defensive teams in the conference Yet, how can we improve our offense's efficiency? And we're kind of trying to figure that out uh, actually right now. And yeah, that's how we're going to move to the next question. Hey, it's a perfect. This is this is a. This is, hey, we're rolling, Kevin. This yeah, is great. Like peanut butter. <laughs> but you know, the, my next question is: is you're going to talk about the clinic, um, your ball screen offense, and I'm actually going to really kind of pick your brain a little bit because. I got a little team here, and we got we we have some guards that are that are quick and good uh, for our level, not for the highest level. But we yeah. we really want to utilize some ball screen concepts. So I'm really going to be you know uh, picking out some things that we can utilize. Of course, the college game is different than the high school. But can you give us a brief description on on what you're going to talk about and how you're going to teach it this year? Well, and, and at the clinic, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Now, one thing that I do believe in, and uh, the first thing I will tell you is this past season, um, we were one of the best defense teams in the league, but we did finish uh, last in the conference in um, three-point shooting and three-pointers made. And I want to say we're at the bottom in field goal percentage, but I do not believe that was because of what we ran offensively. Um, I think maybe we had um, – 
you know, guys in different positions that maybe they looking back, maybe they shouldn't have been in. So I do believe in the offense. Um, a lot of teams run a ball, some type of ball screen continuity offense. Well, we asked ourselves last year, why are teams doing that? Well, I feel like teams are doing a lot of ball screens because it works. So we are going to run our, what we call our number two offense like we did last year. In addition to an old school four out one in, because we do have a couple of good low post players, just motion, pass, cut, pass, screen away offense. So I think that they complement each other really, really well. But the first thing I would tell you about our, our, our ball screen offense is it's very simple. And I do believe at least my coaching style is to keep things as simple as possible for the players. So I would start there, Kevin, and say it is an offense that if you were with your high school team, you could teach the basics in about 20 minutes. You could have a skeleton. This is what we can do in 20 minutes, and they would have some ideas. So it's not too complicated, which I which I really like as a coach. Uh, I feel like if you – if you have something too complicated and the guys are really thinking that maybe it's not sure, uh, sure. very effective. Where do you, um, and where do you, where are you going to run? Are you running, you know, you know, wing ball screens, you're going to run, you know, uh, ball screens from the top. Where, where, where are you kind of running uh, as part of your offense? Yeah. So what we did, um, we have uh, three or four different – we call them almost like a football team formations that we can start our players in. So, for instance, we can start in a uh, stack. We can start in uh, like the horn set with two guards in the corners and two forwards up top and start with a ball screen up top. Or we can run like the Iverson cut where we have like a one-four cross and bring the guard on the top side and the opposite guard – would cut to the other side so we start with our formations and then it's very simple and I'll teach this at the clinic and I hopefully some of the coaches maybe they're antsy maybe they're not uh, 100% confident in running a ball screen offense but I do think and we stole all this from all these great coaches and we kind of meshed it to our liking sure. to keep it really simple um, but we so we start in a formation so we might say stack and then the action, too, so the guys know, hey, we're going to get in a stack, and then let's say we want to run a switch, and that's the action, and they know we're in our two offense. And But, yeah, most of the screens in the offense are going to be side pick and roll. Um, sometimes in the side pick and roll, the point guard will, when after he passes to the wing, for the most part, he cuts to the opposite corner. So when there's a pick and roll on the side, um, the, the player can pop because there's nobody in the corner or he can roll um, and hopefully get that, you know, passing uh, cut, uh, the pick and roll pass. Um, but we do have actions, three or four actions where the point guard will pass it and cut right. the inside corner. And when we, pick and, when we pick and roll, we'll lift that point guard up. And a lot of times that X, X1, the guy guarding the point guard will help on that pick and roll and we get an opportunity to pass the ball back to the point guard for a shot or if we don't have the shot the post player that rolled will turn still and we can throw it inside for him yeah i like that, that that's how that actually that's what we're um i want you to take a look at you know when you come down a little bit of our our continuity that we're going to be adding this year basically what you said is what we're going to do um 
the the hardest thing for for us at our level, Mark, is first of all you got to have good guards. Um, but the ability to wait. We yep. were working on this yesterday with a couple of my players. The technique and the waiting, the patience, right? The patience of the the guard and the post. It's it's like the yes. hardest thing. Yeah, don't you think? It, I mean. Oh, I, I agree 100%. Uh, the guard will go early, the forward not getting set, the forward getting called from the middle <laughs> screen. Uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time. And and looking back on last year, maybe I didn't spend enough time just working 2v2 or 2v0, working on that patience that you're talking about. Maybe that had something to do, maybe just as much as maybe what our personnel, having our personnel in the right uh position so you know when I look back and say why did we finish at the bottom of the league and and um and in so maybe because some of the categories well maybe I didn't do a very good job of teaching it and that's one thing I'm I'm really always trying to think of how can we get better as coaches to put the players in best position where they can be successful but I do agree what you said there so in in teaching that um just to kind of pick your brain a little bit you're saying you're going to do Obviously, a lot more breakdown. How are you, how are you going to break down this offense? Just like, like post guards or just yeah, two on so, two? Or, or how, how are you going to do that? Three on three? How are you going to? Yeah, well, I think the first thing, you can go 1v0 where, you know, the, the guard gets open and you can pass it to him. And we use a lot of chairs and, or cones. And just having that guy wait, uh, foot, you know, foot steps or whatever, uh, foot fakes. And using that side pick and roll with a chair and just having them attack the rim. I know the, the, the interesting thing about basketball now with all these analytics, Kevin, is, you know, it's either the, to the rim or the three. But I guess I'm hanging on as an old – I feel like I'm a yeah. older school coach. I feel like if you got a good 15-foot jump shot and you have a player that can make them at a pretty decent rate, I'm kind of hanging on to that. But a lot of coaches don't believe in the um, – you know, the, the, the mid-range jump shot anymore. I'm not sure if you see it at the high school level or, or what rate that the players are making them. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested in, hey, you know, what percentage do we make from mid-range? And if we don't make a good enough percentage, should we kind of just take it out completely? But I'm, I'm hanging on. To, yeah, to, and to I, I tell you, I, um, I've been really kind of studying. I'm a math guy, and I love analytics. And, and the basketball analytics, from what I'm hearing, it, it's layups and threes. That's what everybody's doing. That's the popular method. But I, I'm firmly believe at my level, it's layups. I mean, I mean girls don't finish. Layups, yeah. Girls don't finish. I mean, and it's putbacks. It's really simple. Ball tough putbacks. Finishing layups. And also, for us, it's not as much threes, but it's actually, you know, getting open shots. It doesn't matter if it's three or two. Um, I, I, that's my yeah. personal belief. Uh, I would love the three, but I mean, it, it's hard to develop three point shooters at our level. I, I, and I think it's hard to develop three point shooters at our level. I'm not sure when a player, I think a player can always get better, you know, through, through workouts and individuals, but, uh, when they get to college, I'm not sure if, if once you even get to high school, um, uh, the players that can shoot, and that was kind of part of our problem last year is we would drive it off that pick and roll and they would help and we would kick it and we would kick <laughs> yeah. it to a non-shooter or we would kick it to 
or, or you know, and that's and then we would drive right back to where the help was, or we kick to somebody that was decent shooter, but maybe they missed a shot. Um, but that so that's why I think it really wasn't our offense. Maybe um, you know, maybe we did improve our personnel in a couple of key areas. And one thing I will say about our offensive efficiency last year, um, Des Mitchell, who's been a really good player for us, he's broken his foot here, his ankle two years in a row. And when you have a point guard of his ability, he is a natural floor leader. He can get the ball to people in the right spots at the right times. And I think he made a big difference not being, you know, on our on the court this year for us because if he gets the ball to somebody just a, a tad quicker, maybe that's the difference in them make, uh, making the shot or missing the shot. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's all about footwork, right, Mark? I mean, it's all about that. That's the hardest thing to teach is the feet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, we're just today we're spending time just on our girls, you know, just their footwork. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it just takes time. And I'm sure at that level, it's probably even more important, right? At your level. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first thing I would say is about shooting is, you know, the players need to work at game speeds and practice. If I'd rather a player go in the gym and work 20 minutes full speed than a player go in the gym for 45 minutes, hour, hour, 15 minutes and work half speeds, because I think that's the reason why, a lot of players don't shoot the ball very well because in the game, everything's full speed. You know, your heart's already racing a little bit because maybe there's some nervous energy going on. But if, if you're in practice and you're working half speed and, and then all of a sudden the game is full speed, you're not shooting the same shot. And that's one thing that when we do our individual workouts, we go about 40 minutes. We go get 40, 45 minutes at most. That way the guys get the heart rate up. We work at a high speed. So we want that to translate into the game. And um, but I do see, I think players need to be, uh, you know, cognizant of that. Uh, hey, we got to work at game speeds when we're here because in the game, you know. It's yeah, and, that, and, and, and I, again, this leads to my next question. What do you do? This is the, my last question for you, Coach, and I, and I sure appreciate this all the you – know, I'm just picking your brain. Yes, um, what do you do? I, I think the most – I just think player development is lacking uh, in in coaching. I the, the the guy that I learned it from was Gene Durden. I go, I mean, I, he's the best yep, right, um, right. with his breakfast club drills and things like that. What do you do with your players to make them better? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, you know, we primarily recruit high school kids, like I said, um, so we can have them for four, sometimes five years, depending on whether or not they redshirt. Um, so I, I think what you said earlier about the culture is getting the guys in and them understanding about the conditioning program that we're going to have, the weights program they're going to have, uh, the um, what they eat, uh, you know, the nutritional part of it, which a lot of players will ignore. So we, we have people here at Georgia College, we're very uh, fortunate to have people that know uh, hey, this is what you need to be eating. This is what you need to be lifting. This is what we need to be doing. Um, so I think everything is kind of intertwined together. Um, the, the coaches, uh, I work with the, the guards, and my philosophy is when we're on that court is we can't do enough shooting. We want to shoot, shoot, shoot. And I, I do believe in repetition. 
Uh, I know our, our forwards, they work with Coach Aquino with all their individual workouts, and they do a lot of, like, just the basic micing drills and the reverse micings and the, the rebound ricochets and the rim touches and all that stuff, I think, you know, if you're on the court and you're working hard, um, whether it be ball handling or dribbling or rebounding, whatever it is, um, I, I just think that that's how you get better a lot of time. And, and another thing I'll say, too, if players only come in when the coaches require it, we only get two hours a week um, for uh, basketball in the, in the fall. If the players are only spending two hours a week in the gym, they're probably not going to get that much better. You know, the players, the commitment from the players, they have to be the ones that are that are in the gym. They have to be the ones that are putting that work in. And one thing I will say, we had a player of the year in the conference a couple of years ago, Troy Harris, when we had the best team we've had since I've been the head coach. And I get to the gym fairly early. He beat me in there, and they were in there. He and uh, Dwight Anderson, who's now our graduate assistant, they would always be in the gym, always. And it wasn't mandated. I wasn't watching. Um, but they put the work in, and he ended up being uh, the player during the Peach Belt, All-American. He's playing over in Europe now. Um, but it's the work that they did, not the work that the coaches did. So the players get all the credit. They're the ones out there that uh, are playing, and they have to be the ones that are motivated to get better. Yeah, and so you, what you're saying is you look for players that have that self-discipline, right? That to get better yeah is that is that hard to find how do you how do you grade a kid how do you know or is that just through a lot of research of the kid and um that's that is the million dollar question when you find out please <laughs> let me know and uh uh you know because every everybody says that they love it everybody says that they want to put the work in everybody says that they want to be all conference and you know all these accolades but um you know, a lot of players, they, they, they do fall short of that. Uh, you know, hey, you say you want to be a 45% three-point shooter, but you're, you're not working like a 45% three-point shooter. Uh, but, yeah, so what we do is we talk with the high school coaches. We'll talk with the AAU coaches. Uh, we'll talk to – I find that the best recommendations are from the, uh, the rival high school coaches, um, the coaches that go – and prepare for because they know to win our league, we're going to have to beat this kid or this team. And when the high school, the rival teams, the coaches say, Coach, I tell you what, he is he's an unbelievable player. He works really hard. He's beaten us three times in the last three years. Those are the type of recommendations that, that we really like, um, you know, from, from coaches that have no really um, – you know, no, really no dog in the fight, if that's the, the right way to say it, um, you know, that, um, you know, it's not their kid. And uh, when they start saying positive things about, um, you know, another kid, another program, I think that's when you really. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think everybody nowadays tries to seem like the AAU coaches, even the high school coaches, the parents could be. <laughs> that, that, I mean, they're just going to talk nothing <laughs> but positives about their kid because they're trying to sell you know, their, their, their kid and so forth. That makes a lot of sense. That, that's a, that's that, right. to me, that's a valid, I mean, that's a great point. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, that just makes a lot of sense. Um, Cause you don't want to hear. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I agree. I didn't mean to interrupt you, um, but everybody's selling. We're trying to sell our university. We're trying to sell our program, the players, the parents and the, the, their high school or AU coaches, they're trying to sell, you know, their kids as well. So, I think it's good to get another perspective of somebody that doesn't really 
um, that doesn't really have anything for that kid that, hey, that maybe uh, goes up against them. But that's just kind of how we've had to do it. And we're trying to do more of that as we move forward. Um, you know, we brought in uh, six high school kids this year. Um, and we brought in seven, I think seven last year, and we have five of those guys returning. So even though uh, we do have experience, but uh, 11 of our 15 uh, 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 guys are still underclassmen. So it's, it's going to be an interesting year, and three of our freshmen started last year. So uh, it's going to be an exciting year for Georgia College, and I've, I've gotten off subject a little bit, but um, Coach Aquino, my assistant, has done a really nice job of identifying those guys that love basketball and I tell you what Kevin I am excited about our team I'm excited about those uh those the seniors the juniors but the sophomore class I mean when you hit on three starters and and the, they can start most games in the Peach Belt Conference as freshmen you 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 got a little lucky but you did a no pretty doubt. good job yeah, it's all to your credit yeah you and your staff um coach I, I I tell you I really appreciate you spending the time with me um and just to kind of uh, piggyback on what you just said, I'm looking forward to, and the coaches are going to look forward to kind of seeing your team at, at the clinic. I mean, isn't that like a, yes. almost like a, that's kind of like a sneaky practice opportunity right there in front of coaches. I mean, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. I, I think, um, you know, if, if coaches have high school coaches that have not seen our guys uh, play and perform, maybe I think they'll be pleased with, um, number one, I think they'll find they'll they'll see that they're outstanding young men, very respectful. Um, you know, they work really hard. Uh, but I, I think sometimes small college basketball gets a uh, maybe doesn't get the promotions that maybe the Division ones obviously that they get. Division three, uh, junior college, uh, NAI, Division two, low level Division one. Um, there's a lot of good players out there, uh, Kevin, and it's. Um, it, there's a lot. There's we. I think people be surprised how talented some of our. Kids oh, no are. doubt about that. And and one of my favorite coaches is T.J. Rosine from Emmanuel College, and um, he's here in Georgia, and he has one of the best programs in the country. Um, and the small college coaches, man, like yourself, I mean, you, you guys do it out. And I, I don't consider you small college. I mean, you, you guys are D two. You have some really good basketball players, and we're really looking forward to seeing you at the clinic. Uh, Coach Gaines will be there. Um, talking about his ball screen offense. And uh, Mark, Mark, can you give our, our coaches like one last piece of advice, um, something they can take home? Um, if you can do that, that would be appreciated. Yeah, uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And Coach Rosine is an outstanding coach. He's one of the, the best coaches in the country regardless of uh, level. Uh, the one thing I would uh, – what I would say is just keep learning. Um, I tell you, I get – I get so excited when I go to these clinics and, um, uh, you know, whether it be yours, I'm instructing or going to another one that I'm learning, but you know, um, you don't know it all. Uh, nobody knows it all. Uh, maybe you've been a man to man coach. You're two or three years as a high school coach or college coach, but maybe that zone, maybe that one zone, whatever it is, maybe that will get you over the top or vice versa. Uh, maybe you've never ran a ball screen offense before and you've been more, of a set play oriented uh, style, like maybe what we have, I, th- I think just being open to new ideas and, um, you know, really learning from uh, your peers, uh, not guys in your league or uh, uh, women's coaches in your league. Um, 
but yeah, just being open and learning it and, and, and just understanding it's, it's for the, the, the kids, um, you know, it, you want, we want them to have the best experience possible. And however we can, as coaches, uh, um, make sure that they do have a great experience. I think we're held to a high standard as coach. Um, but yeah, just learning and soaking it all in and, and uh, maybe, you know, learning uh, as much as you can. I don't care how old you are or if you're a your first-year head coach or a first-year coach or, or if you've been in it for 30, 40 years. Um, I, think, uh, I think a lot of coaches, you can learn stuff from every person that, at the clinic. You'll, you'll be able to pick up one or two things that you can take back and say, you know what, maybe we should do it like this. This is how Coach Durden does it over at, uh, at uh, Buford. Maybe this is maybe we need to put that in. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about going and learning from these these the, your 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 coaches that you have speaking at this clinic. Unbelievable! I am really excited. I'm going to be there early. I'm going to be taking <laughs> notes, and um, it's really going to get the juices flowing for our team. Get some new ideas. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited. Yeah, I appreciate it, coach. And and we're going to feed your team and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do it right. We're going to get some nice shirts for them and feed them. And uh, we're just looking forward to having you guys. How can the listeners reach you? I know you're on Twitter. Um, How how can, how can they reach you if they're interested in contacting you? Yeah, they can call me. My office number is uh, 478-445-1777. Um, or they can just email me, uh, mark.gainus at gcsu.edu. Um, you can get on gcbobcast.com and find that email. Uh, another uh, way that you can find me, I am on Twitter, uh, the at symbol gc underscore hoops. And uh, I think there's all kind of information out there online, on social media. Uh, and, and I am a sharer. I like to share information. And if a coach uh, wants to come watch us practice, they are welcome. Come in, learn, uh, watch us practice. Um, I love going to watch high school teams practice or uh, other colleges that we don't compete against. Love watching them practice as well. But if any information that you might like, just call me. I'll try to get it to you uh, as, as quickly as I can. And I, But I, I do believe in sharing. Uh, I think that's – I just think that's the way to go. A lot of coaches shared stuff with me, and uh, I just want to kind of pay it forward to anybody that wants to. Coach, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you sharing with us, and um, looking forward to seeing you at the clinic. Thanks, Mark. Hey, hey, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. And anybody that's listening, I would recommend be at that clinic. It's going to be the lineup is really, really good. Best clinic in the state, as far as I'm concerned. So. Uh, it, I would uh, I would say be there and uh, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you, Bye. Kevin. Appreciate it.